When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Welcome back to the show. Faraz Sadiqi, Zach Rizzuto. This is a buys and sells episode. Who we're trying to buy, maybe on the cheap, maybe buy them high, but also who we're trying to move off of our team, maybe take advantage of some peak values and trade them before they come crashing down make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen so you can get the newest episodes onto your feed as soon as they're out uh maybe even turn on notifications so you can know when the latest episode is available um zach i have a little story to talk about and you know the story but i'm just going to talk about it anyway uh for our listeners you know in our home league that you're a part of right i've been Talking a little smack this year, uh, specifically when I outbid other people on waivers. Uh, you know, when I outbid one of our league mates, Hummy, on Puka Nakua after week one by $1, right? Uh, I screenshotted that and I sent it to our chat, you know, with some funny gif or whatever. In this case, I think it was uh, DiCaprio in Django, like drinking out of his cup, right? Yeah. Uh, and then a couple of weeks later, I outbid our league mate, Alberto, on Kenny Gainwell by $1. And for some reason, like that was a shitty like waiver wire pickup who cares I, I still felt the need you know to like talk some shit and i still felt the need to flex right because i outbid him i bid i outbid you know by one dollar okay uh so a, a week later a week later i get outbid by one dollar from hummy on some player whatever whoever it was the first guy that i talked smack to you know so he gets back at me sends the gif back to me right I, I lost there. So he got me back. Okay. And then this past week, I'm going up against Alberto, the second guy who I talk shit to. And by the way, I've since dropped Kenny Gainwell. So who cares? Right. Right. And I go up against him this week. And guess how many points he beats me by? One point. Okay. It, it, it's fantasy one. karma, dude. It's fantasy yes. karma. Okay. It's real. I, I'm not going to talk smack the rest of this fantasy season. Okay. I'm done. Okay, it's not serving me. I'm usually quiet. Like last year, I was quiet. I, I, yeah. I won. I won the league last year, and I was quiet. <laughs> and now, like, uh, yeah, I was quiet. And now this year, you know, I'm talking a little shit, and I feel like it's gonna bite me in the ass. So I'm, I'm just gonna stop. Like I felt a little <laughs> feisty early on, but it's not. It doesn't serve me. So I'm gonna stop here. That's fair. And I'll, I'll tell you this: I have been having the same struggle with these being outbid by one dollar. It just happened. I think his name's Amari DeMarcado, or however you want to say his name. The the the, the Cardinals running back. I put twenty nine dollars on him this week because that was a magic number. I think it was twenty nine and twenty eight for you, right? When you were yeah. bidding on Puka, I think Puka, like that. Puka was like twenty eight. I think, yeah, right. So I put twenty nine dollars on him, hoping for the best, <laughs> and I got outbid by one dollar. Thirty dollar bid oh, came no. in and beat me on it. Oh, now no. I only need. That running back depth because I have Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> Even though he might be back this week, I'm still not expecting a whole lot from him as long as David Montgomery's doing his thing. But still, like 
that was upsetting. So before this morning, I couldn't really relate to this whole story that you just told, but now I can. You know, I'm part of this problem because I was in the home league too. You know, it wasn't just like some other league that I had. It seems like people are getting sniped all the time on the waiver wire here. So I got to start up You're my right. uh, waiver bets. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that this morning, Ricky outbid you by one dollar. He it's bet thirty me off, bucks. And, and I had. I, I was one. thinking about. Listen, I wanted to go with thirty. Don't say anything. Like, I'm gonna text oh, no, Ricky I'm right going now. To. I'm gonna text Ricky right I've, now. Listen, and say, hey, listen. I've been, I know you saw it. Don't talk shit because you will continue <laughs> to lose. Listen, I've been so quiet in this league. Like I, I that was my first waiver wire pickup. <laughs> like I'm one of these guys. I tend to stick to my guns with the players that I have, and I was doing all right. But I played two straight matchups where my opponent scored 200 and 183 points. So it's been wow. a rough go of it so far. I mean, I, I'm doing all right in terms of point score, but just my record isn't there yet. So when that kind of thing is happening, I tend to just kind of like leave my team as is. I'm not panicking, but I was trying to get some running back depth because I need it. Because my next guy up after Jameer Gibbs and Brian Robinson, it's, it's Cam Akers. It was Devon Achan, but now he's out. Achan, excuse me. <laughs> He'll forgive you. So just to recap all the players who are currently hurt and who are going to miss time, There's a lot. We, we broke all this down on, on yesterday's episode, so just make sure to listen to all that if you missed it because we're not going to go in details about what it means and all that kind of stuff, but you know, just to recap, Justin Jefferson is going on IR. If he only misses four games, he'll still have a few games before his bye. James Conner also going on IR. He'll also have a few games before his bye if he comes back to after just four games. Devon A. Chain, as of right now, Adam Schefter just reported this morning that he is also going to go on IR. Um, that Carolina game, you know, this upcoming week for Devon A. Chain was looking so damn juicy. But, yeah. you know, keep in mind that after four games for him, he has the week 10 bye, okay? So the earliest that he is going to return is week 11, okay? So that's five weeks uh, from now where, you know, you're going to have to miss out on A-Chain. Um, yeah, this sucks. Yeah, um, he's like, that's like a super dude. IR, you know? It's like terrible. Dude, what's up this week, man? It sucks, dude. Like, we got some Everybody. really good players going on IR here. It's nuts. Did you see? I think I saw. I don't know if this is correct, but I, I saw it. It was on Catch the Blitz. They put out that Anthony Richardson's going on IR now. Like, yes, everybody's falling. Like, they're dropping like flies, and it's ridiculous. Like, I put out in the newsletter this morning. I was like, I hope this newsletter finds you without any more major injury news. And there's more major injury news. It's like, what the heck? They're all just falling apart right now. Like, fantasy managers, they're going to be in shambles. Like, if you had any of these guys, like the replacement campaign is going to be ridiculous you're not gonna be able to replace these guys obviously like justin jefferson anthony richardson even i'd be upset about because he was going to be top five fantasy quarterback if he just gets a couple games strung together oh yeah he was a top five fantasy quarterback man he was killing it and yeah. they're reporting four to eight weeks so obviously it's a minimum of four because he's on ir but adam Schefter said that it, it could be longer you know and what, from what I've seen, that there is a possibility that he needs surgery, but that's something that that, that, that they're going to decide on a little bit later. So not a great situation there. Gardner Minshew, um, <laughs> I ended up picking him in this, picking him up in this league. Um, spent a little, spent a little bit on him because I needed that second, you know, that super flex quarterback. Yeah, which I didn't I, really have, and and I think it it worked. It, it's it'll work out because I'm going to have him for at least four weeks, you know. So we'll yeah. see how that end up ends up going. I think he can get it done. He hasn't looked bad. So serviceable. I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm serviceable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, serviceable if he's putting up 14 or 15 points, 14 or 15 points in your super flex, I think you're all right with that. It beats crap out of putting I, some I guy agree. 
like some rando wide receiver in and just hoping for the best. Because there are, sometimes you get those weeks where they have a lot of points, but quarterbacks are consistent producers for the most part. They have that high floor. Exactly. Austin Eckler said that he's 99% sure he's playing on Monday night. That's great news. Welcome back. Uh, for Thursday night, Travis Kelsey is practicing. Javante Williams is practicing. Uh, I, I'd expect Javante to get more of his workload back this week. Uh, but I will expect Jaleel McLaughlin to get some work. You know, he he's looked good, and I can't imagine that he just, like, goes away because I think they're going to use him. Sean Payton is his pet project, so I feel like he's going to get some work here. Um, I think he's an upside flex play at best right now, but, you know, there is some upside there. Um, Dalton Kincaid is in the concussion protocol. He might miss this week, so Dawson Knox could be a potential streamer if you need it at tight end. Van Jefferson was traded to the Falcons. Uh, Falcons will probably make him their top weapon. Uh, Deshaun Watson might not. I'm just kidding, guys. Deshaun Watson might not play this week. Uh, and if he doesn't play, P.J. Walker will be the quarterback that will likely get the start and not. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, Dorian Thompson. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking. DTR. DTR. Dorian Thompson. Yep. It's, uh, it's the finishing move. It's the WWE finishing move, D- the DTR. Um <laughs> Yeah, man, like I'll probably still play Amari, but he gets downgraded, I think, to a wide receiver three. Kind of have no idea what to expect here. Um, kind of sucks there. Um, also, Dan Campbell yeah. said that Amon Ross St. Brown has a pretty good chance to play in week six, probably closer to probable than questionable. That's his words, by the way, that he plays. So great news there. Hopefully he can get he, he can be good to go. That probably rules out that sports hernia injury that we didn't want to see that was a potential situation, uh, you know, potential potential um yeah. moving on. like sorry just one thing that's like the <laughs> oh, little ahead, droplet go of good news that we've had this week you that's know, it that's it that, that, and that's also all we have to hang around okay that too but it was like it's like bittersweet for me because obviously i'm a cowboys fan and they're playing cowboys but it's fine it's all good it's all fine it's, yeah it's, it's nice to see a little good news in a week where it's oh, just been all bad man. oh man Deontay Johnson said that he's completely healthy. He'll be back week seven against the Rams after the Steelers bye week. So it seems like you can plug him in right uh, right away as a wide receiver three in his first week back, and then maybe we can potentially upgrade him as he ramps up. But in the meantime, I'm selling George Pickens right now before Deontay is back and before the bye week. Here's the thing with Pickens. He's pretty good against man coverage, right? We saw that big touchdown that he had late last week. It was against man coverage. He said he knew it was man coverage. The play was changed into a go route and he won, right? That's his wheelhouse. He's really good at it. His other big game this year was against Cleveland in week two, four for 127 and a touchdown. They're also a team that plays man coverage a majority of the time. He didn't do much in week four against Houston. They play a zone scheme a majority of the time. And if you look at Matt Harmon's reception perception, Deontay Johnson doesn't have any issues in man or zone coverage. In fact, he dominates 85th percentile and 88th percentile win percentage, respectively, in man and zone coverage. So George Pickens, on the other hand, fifth percentile in winning against zone. Okay, so that means he's not good at that. And the league is moving towards more and more zone every year, and teams now play significantly more zone than man overall. So check this out. He has a bye this week. Week seven, he gets the Rams. Mostly zone. Tough matchup anyway. Then Jaguars, they, they play zone at a 65% rate, so that's a big zone team. Week 9 against the Titans, big zone team. Week 10 against the Packers, 66% zone rate, big zone team. So not great. So I'm taking advantage of a couple of big games from Pickens, and I'm selling him because 
I'm also not sure he can maintain these high target shares that he's had without Deontay Johnson in the lineup. And now that Deontay's coming back, I would I would imagine that Deontay just goes right back into being the alpha here uh, in Pittsburgh. Um, it's some this is something that we've seen. The, the entire sample size shows that Deontay Johnson will get the high target share and Pickens will not. So that's kind of what I'm expecting moving forward. Yeah, right. And that, that's been the gripe the whole time with George Pickens coming into the season. And it's just kind of manifested itself, you know, this season. Obviously, the target share doesn't look that bad. But that's like you mentioned, because Deontay Johnson has been out this whole time when there's really nobody else for them to throw to. I mean, who's going to get the ball? George Pickens is a guy the jump ball that's going to be able to you know, make a difference on the team. And you just look at the game last week. Like, does this look like a fantasy conducive offense to you when your quarterback has to check out of a play? I mean, I don't know if you saw like the memes, but they talked <laughs> yeah. about they showed the camera angle of Matt Canada watching Kenny Pickett check out of the play into a deep pass on a go route to Pickens and they score and there was no reaction at all. He was just sitting there with like this straight face. It's like, is he salty that his play got checked out? I don't know. It's clear yeah. that Matt Cannon is a problem. That, that could be the case. But the offense just isn't that good. It took them until the very end of the game to put up, I think it was their first touchdown, right? Because they had kicked field goals up to that point. That's how they were. And they had, they had a field goal, a safety, and a field goal. <laughs> and then they scored the touchdown. It was just ridiculous. This offense is not that good. So the fact that Pickens is doing this on a bad offense is already defying the odds. And then you mentioned the fact that Deontay, Deontay Johnson is going to come back. And when he's on the field, he just gets the targets. Like his workload is about to be significantly reduced. And then also, I mean, like you mentioned, he's on by this week. That might make it a little bit tougher to sell him. But I think you still need to move off him while he has these two games in his game log that look really good. You know, he has two games with 10 targets. And in both of those games, he scored a touchdown. Take advantage of those weeks. Move off of George Pickens because we've been on this pretty much all season. You know what I mean? Like we've been saying this. Even when he wasn't scoring touchdowns, he's getting these target shares that are relatively high. But once Deontay Johnson's back, that's going to change. I have another sell, and it's also a wide receiver. Different division, but I'm talking about DeAndre Hopkins. He is a screaming sell after having by far his best game in a Titans uniform. I mean, what was the number one issue we had with Hopkins going into Tennessee, coming into the season? It wasn't his talent or his ability to demand targets. He did that in Houston. He did it in Arizona, and surprise, surprise, he's doing it again with the Titans. The problem is that the Titans are one of the least, if not the least, they're right up there with the Steelers, fantasy conducive passing offenses in the league. I mean, it's not rocket science to see that he's suffering because of his situation. He has a 30% target share in the season. He has a 43% air yard share in the season. 29% targets per route run. But just one top 35 performance to show for it? That's a little odd. This past week against the exploitable Colts secondary was the first time that he actually had production that matches the utilization he's got. And if you've seen Ryan Tannehill play, it hasn't been very good. The passing offense has not been there. So the data that was gathered by Dwayne McFarland over at Fantasy Life, he tells us that 25% target share and 31% air yard share is indicative of wide receiver one production. And Hopkins is blowing those out of the water. So what gives? The truth is that 30% target share that he has in Tennessee, it's a lot different from 30% target share in other offenses like Minnesota. Justin Jefferson has a 27% target share. He's getting a lot more targets, even though it's a little bit less or just about the same in terms of target share on the team. And then also 30% target share on the Chargers for Keenan Allen is much different than 30% target share in this Titans offense. Before last week, he had catch totals of four, three, and four in his past three games. And the next three weeks that he has coming up, tough matchup against Baltimore in week six, a bye in week seven, and another tough matchup against Atlanta in week eight. 
So there's not a whole lot of upside these next few weeks. There's a chance that he's going to have more of those quiet games that we saw to open the season. This past game that he had, he had 22 points. It was an outlier, and he still didn't score a touchdown. It was based on high usage alone. So I would capitalize on his value right now. Go choose a better receiver in a better situation, even if you have to, even if you have to package him up, DeAndre Hopkins with a side piece to do to do whatever trade you need to upgrade a wide receiver. I would do it. You might be able to get Chris Olave. <laughs> I'm going to keep talking about Chris Olave, right? Yeah, you he, might be able to get him one for one. Too. You know, you he, right. he, that you could get crazy. him one for one potentially. Like Hopkins, like Hopkins has been you know doing his thing lately and having a, a couple of decent games on his game log where you can say like, okay, well, Olave hasn't. Give me a lobby. Easy. Easy money. Yeah. Um, by the way, guys, Tyler on our team does an amazing job with the trade charts every week with, you know, giving players specific values to help you make trades. So make sure you go check that out on our website at upperhandfantasy.com. Our weekly positional flex and super flex rankings will be up there as well, including buy, sell articles and a ton more. So go visit the website at upperhandfantasy.com. I have a running back that we can buy low, and that's Damian Pierce. It doesn't look amazing at first glance on paper, but there are a few reasons why it can get better. And I'm not saying that Pierce is going to be like an RB1 or anything like that anytime soon. He's been a low-end RB2 at best, you know, and at times he's just a flex play. Like in terms of like playing him, you don't feel great about it, right? But things should get better. Okay, a few reasons. The first is that his share in the backfield just got significantly better. He had 100% of the running back carries in week four. I'm sorry, he had 100% of the carries in week five. Okay, Devin Singletary, according to Fantasy Life's utilization report, was getting 28% of the rushing work over the first four weeks of the season. Two of those weeks, he had a 39% share and a 36% share. Okay, that's significant enough to downgrade Pierce, especially if he's only getting work on early downs, which he still is, by the way. But if he's going to get 80% or more of the rushing work, let alone 100% like he did last week, things should get better. Okay, And there's a chance that he can be a high-end RB2 soon enough. The Texans' offense is way better than we thought it was going to be. Right, He just got two key offensive linemen back right this past week, Larry Tunsil and Titus Howard. Okay, And in weeks one through four, Pierce had the fifth highest rate of being stuffed. And, okay. Okay, let's just everyone calm down. Okay. Uh <laughs> and you know, and and that and that should get better. Okay. Now the production on 20 carries for Pierce wasn't amazing this past week in week five, but they were also playing the Falcons, right? Who like the week before they saw Travis ETN, he had the same amount of carries as Pierce did, and he had less production. Okay. So 24 and 20 carries over the last two games for Pierce. The volume is there. He should have a big game here soon. Pierce is still ninth among 30 qualified running backs in missed tackles forced per attempt. He was first in that category last year ahead of Nick Chubb. Okay. And this year, you know, fifth overall in most missed tackles this season. So, you know, he's not getting passing down work, right? He's going to get goal line work though. This offense is, you know, ascending. So he is a game script dependent running back, no doubt. He's in that Brian Robinson category, but he does have a little bit more upside because he's on a better offense, okay? So if you're looking for an RB2 that you don't have to give up so much for, I think he's a solid target. Yeah, and you you mentioned you could put him in that Brian Robinson bucket, but I would say that Damian Pierce is a little bit more talented. (laughs) You know, if you ask me, Brian Robinson, he's definitely someone that the commanders want to use, but 
Damian Pierce is much more talented. And I think that you're right. You're onto something. If this game script goes his way, like Damian Pierce, he hasn't had that big game yet. Go for it. Because chances are the person that has Damian Pierce right now has been like super watered down in terms of the, you know, like the returns that he's given them. They're looking at Damian Pierce probably as an expendable piece. And they probably feel better about starting him as a flex right now than they do as the RB2, which they drafted him to be. But that doesn't mean he can't be that. You know, all those stats that you picked out right there, I would have leaned into. And you mentioned too, also that the offensive line is going to be get, getting better. That's going to be a big difference. You know, it's it's one, it's not a small thing when you get your offensive line back that it can get a lot better. It's not a small thing for a running back. So I'm in on Damian Pierce too here. I don't think he's a bad uh, pick as a buy at all. Um, it's just interesting because the Texans have been passing the ball so much. He got a high workload last week. I'm interested to see how they look in these next few weeks where there's actually tougher matchups for them on paper in terms of the passing game. You know, they're, they're going to be playing the Saints and that kind of thing. So I, I, I'm a fan. I, I like the I like the call there. If there's another running back that you want to buy, now this one might be a little bit more obvious. You know, obviously Damian Pierce hasn't had that production yet. This is a guy that I'm going to talk about that's had that production already. But two of his past three games, not so hot. And that's Kyron Williams from the Rams. The awesome thing about this guy is that even when he has a bad week, you know, the utilization, it's still really good to the point that you don't feel as bad about the low production. Like if he's getting 15 touches in a game script, that's way behind anyway. And he's beating anybody else out in the backfield for those touches. Like you, you can't feel that bad about Kyron Williams. You know, Ronnie Rivers hasn't been a factor. And granted, like we, like I just mentioned, the competition for touches in that backfield isn't that great. But he's locking it down. There's nothing wrong with what Kyron Williams is doing. As long as it keeps happening, we're going to be happy for him. I mean, how successful did we expect Kyron Williams to be in a game against a tough Eagles front and in a game that they were playing from behind? Like, we could have guessed probably going into this game that they were going to be behind. Now, I did have him ranked as a top 10 running back. So that's one thing. You know, that's based on the ceiling that he could have turned around last week. But he didn't really come through. And th but that's fine because we talked about the utilization that's there. If Williams would have scored a touchdown last week, there wouldn't be an opening to buy him this week going into a solid stretch of games. Features two back-to-back matchups against teams inside the top 12 for most points allowed to the position. Arizona this week is allowing the fourth most fantasy points to running backs, by the way, and that's who the Rams play this week. He's still got a stranglehold on the backfield. All the work is his. He took a season high, 92% of the team's RB carries against the Eagles, while also putting up a 76% route participation. So nothing's changed from a utilization standpoint. Two quiet games out of three since week three should be enough to give his current manager a little bit of cold feet. You know, they might be willing to move off of him, and you can take advantage of that if they're open to selling. I think that he's a really nice target right now. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast and you have Kyron Williams already, you're not going to be selling him. But anybody who isn't as attached or in tune with the utilization numbers that we're seeing, you know, they might be willing to move off of him if they're just one of those box score guys that look at it and be like, what are you doing for me just in terms of production? I think you could go get Kyron Williams at a pretty good price right now. Yeah, it's all about the way that Sean McVay uses this guy. It's all about the Rams. It's all about this offensive line actually creating. This offensive line I thought was going to really be bad, but they're not yeah. bad. Right, and they've actually created uh, a lot of yards before contact, which is actually what is allowing a an average talent like Kyron Williams to succeed. Um, if you look at the numbers here, like it, it forced missed tackles per attempt, average yards after contact per attempt, terrible. So this is not a somebody who is a talented running back. Okay, this is somebody who is being placed in a role 
that just just like outputs fantasy points, right? And that's what's happening yeah. here. He's good enough where he's able to do it. And also he's versatile, right? Like he's very, very involved in the receiving game. He's being targeted a ton. So this is what you want, you know? Unless the Rams make a move for a running back, it, it, there's nothing happening here. A lot of people are worried that the rug's going to get pulled out from under Kyron Williams at some point. And I get the concern there because of the fact that he's not the screaming talent that they found. But at the end of the day, you know, he he's getting the work. And he is getting like top five, you know, weighted opportunity among all running backs right now. Okay. That's exactly what yeah. you want. Opportunity is king. Okay. So, so I, I agree, man. If you, if there's any way that you could pull Kyron Williams off a team right now, I think that is a great move. Okay. Um, our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books, you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you place certain bets, and it gets confusing, but not anymore, not with better vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place, and not only that, the best part is better vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right, so if you like a play, normally you would look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds, uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side-by-side -side comparison all on one screen within one app, and then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision, and you're good to go. Okay, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the App Store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O, so B-E-T-T-O-R Vision in the App Store today. Let's see. Let's talk about let's talk about Justin Jefferson. Okay. So check this uh, out. If I'm losing, okay, if I'm 0 and 5, if I'm 1 and 4, 2 and 2 and 3, maybe not so much. Really depends on your team. If you don't have depth and you think Justin Jefferson was really like the one guy who would have carried your team and you were still losing, you know, even with him, I'm looking to see what I can get for him. Okay. If I'm winning, I'm 5 and 0, 4 and 1, I'm definitely looking to see what I need to give up to get him, right? Especially if I have an IR spot. Right. So if I'm already losing and I want to sell Jefferson, it probably means that the rest of your team wasn't that good. So I'd want to potentially fill two spots. Right. Usually I like to do two for ones. In this case, I'll do a one for two. OK, so I'll get two players back for Jefferson. I would go straight to the five and O team, go straight to the four and one teams, look at the roster, you know, and see if they'd be willing to give up maybe an RB two and a wide receiver two. Maybe a Puka and a Mixon, right? Or an Aaron Jones and a Nico Collins, an Amon Ra or a Pacheco. Do those, I'm just checking with you, Zach, real quick. Like, if you were a Justin Jefferson owner and you're losing, do those seem okay to you? I would, you know, think twice maybe about Aaron Jones and Nico Collins just because, you know, Aaron Jones hasn't been super productive and Nico Collins, I like Nico Collins. I think I would be a little leery of that one. But at this point, you know, if you are a losing team, like you, I think that it wouldn't it, be something I just rule out immediately. There's definitely you have to give it one thing if you have Justin Jefferson. One thing with Aaron Jones is that he is going into a buy this week, so maybe that's not the the best one that to get because like you don't want to trade for yeah. you don't want to trade away Justin Jefferson and then you have a running back who's on buy. So maybe that's not a great example. Um, but that that yeah, would be the only limitation I, I, I have with saying. Aaron Jones though. Yeah, um, I see what yeah, you're saying, I, Aaron Jones. But if Aaron Jones did not have a buy, I think I'll be okay with it because I could potentially have a high and high and RB RB two play. Listen, the only reason why Aaron Jones isn't a thing right now is because he's not healthy, right? But I think exactly. after the buy, he should yep. be good to go. Um, so like these guys that I mentioned, like they can have big gains, right? And now you have two chances, two extra chances now 
that one of these guys can potentially blow up in your lineup, right? And that's what you need. That's what you need to win your matchup. So, you know, something that you might not have had before, right? So JJ was really only that guy for you. So you want to give yourself a chance in these next a chance in these next few weeks. This could be an opportunity for for you to do that. You know, maybe a Tony Pollard and Jacoby Myers, you know, and Alave or and Roshan Johnson, maybe I don't know, right? So you have to look at these teams. I think a lot of teams will be willing to buy Jefferson, you know, to be locked and loaded for a playoff run. And if you're worried about making a good team better and you don't want to trade them Justin Jefferson, uh, you're focused on the wrong things and you're probably going to lose anyway. Okay, so throw Jefferson on the block. Make it a bidding war if possible. Um, if I have a good record and I'm trying to buy Jefferson, I'm lowballing these teams like crazy. Okay, um, you know, this is the other perspective on it. Like, I obviously don't want to give too much up in case they take their time with Jefferson and the Vikings do. Right. In case Kirk Cousins gets traded, if they keep losing. Right. Because what's the point of keeping right. him on when you can get draft capital? And he's a free agent next year. He's not your long term quarterback. Right. And then you risk losing the next few games on top of that. So there are situations on both sides here that you can take advantage of, but don't give up. If you're one and four and you lost Jefferson, okay, don't think the season's over. You have an opportunity here. You know, you never know. You will not be the first one to win your league after going one and four. It happens all the time. Yeah. And you just have to pound that one home <laughs> because you can have a bad start to the season. They say it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. And I think that very much lines up with how it works in fantasy football. But to anybody that's saying that the Vikings aren't going to trade Kirk Cousins, and I'm not going to say that they're going to you know, this season. But when you have, let's see, they're one in four, right? Your star, your best player just got injured. Your star wide receiver just got injured. What is stopping you from trading Kirk Cousins at this point? You know what I mean? Because this clearly isn't your year. I don't want to say that they're just going to not play well, but you're missing Justin Jefferson already. Things are already going in a direction where you're not going to get anywhere close to where you were last year in terms of your record. They were thir what, thir 13 and four last year, and they already have as many losses through five games as I did through 17 last year. I think it's definitely in the cards where Kirk Cousins could be moved, and then that hurts Justin Jefferson. So there's definitely risk coming on if you're going to go buy Justin Jefferson, not only because he's going to miss time, but also because the situation could be a little bit different. But that's the type of move you make if you're winning and you can get him for cheap. Like if, just to use your example, if all I have to give up, if all I have to give up is Aaron Jones and Nico Collins, <laughs> like come on, I definitely take the uh, potential upside on that offer and. You know, just take Justin Jefferson and hope that he comes back and that the situation is the same as when he, you know, went on the IR. But I'm absolutely in on this move. You know, obviously, if you're if you're losing, you definitely want to move him as well. I wouldn't hold on to him because at this point, it's not that it's getting late, but it's getting late. <laughs> you know what I mean? You need to get some I, wins. If it's worth noting that the Vikings, you know, are working out quarterbacks right now. Yeah. Okay. So like that, they, they that brought in, they brought in. Um, who was it? It was a former Vikings quarterback. Um, I forgot who it was, but um, oh, a Colt yeah. McCoy. So they're they're working out other quarterbacks, and why they're working out other quarterbacks right now? Like, I, yeah, just look at this. Like the Vikings too. Just to pile on to this, you know, you mentioned the conspiracy about the Kirk Cousins trade. Trade Kirk Cousins, tank this season. Not necessarily tank, but you're not going to have a good record if you do that. Look at the quarterback class coming up. <laughs> like. Yeah. There's all these different er er all the errors are kind of pointing towards like if you want to play the long term game here, like sure, this season might suck. You're missing your best player 
And Kirk Cousins, you know, if he leaves, you're not going to do well. But it could pay off in the long run. Just interesting. Listen, that, that's a good point. You, 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 you wait. So listen, you, you, you lose another game or two. You trade yep. Kirk Cousins. You get a second round pick from the Jets, <clears throat> and you, <laughs> and then you get one of Caleb Williams, Drake May, um, Shador Williams. Wait, Drake. Wait, Shador. Yeah, Shador right. Williams. Shador, Shador Sanders. Sanders. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, you get one of those yeah, three. Shador Williams and Caleb Sanders. Shador, yeah. Shador Williams. About. Caleb Sanders actually has a nice ring to it, actually. Um, yeah. You get one of those three guys. That, that's and you're funny. sitting pretty. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. And, and, I, and yes, the Jets should go get Kirk Cousins right now. Honestly. We should do it. I, I, I think that's fair. You know, and I, I wouldn't say... I, I I want to hang on to Zach Wilson and hope that he'll turn things around, but he's not going to this season. You we're, know what I mean? We're in now, a Super Bowl window, okay? Yeah. We have to. If, if Kirk to. Cousins would go to New York, and this is just an off-the-cuff question I have, what would happen to Garrett Wilson's stock? <laughs> it would be way up again. So, like, Are you kidding me? In anticipation, like, here, here's a good thing. We're talking about buy-sells. Is Garrett Wilson a potential buy? Like, if you really want to buy into that, like, you could get him cheap. We know. Like, I don't think there's an argument where he's going to be that expensive. You can get him relatively cheap. Like, there's an upside there. And obviously, it's a lot of speculation. But boy, that could turn around a fantasy season for a team that needs it or really just put someone over the top right now. Don't tease me, Zach. Don't tease me. <laughs> All right. Let's get, let's get into the next guy. Yeah. The next guy I'm looking to sell, Dalton Schultz. Now, Zach, why are you talking about, guy, about a guy that wasn't relevant? two weeks ago because he's been relevant these past two weeks did schultz do you a solid or what by coming through not one week but two weeks in a row he's been the ppr tight end four and five in weeks four and five oddly enough and he's also scored in both of those games the difference between those two finishes he saw just three targets in week four but 10 targets in week five and i remember coming off of that week four performance where we like well the usage wasn't necessarily there he scored that touchdown and it just happened to be his day you know, all it takes is one touchdown to finish as a top 12 tight end right now. But you saw he only had those three targets. But this week is up to 10 targets. That's great. You look at his game log on Fancy Life's utilization report. 40% targets per route run, 33% target share in week five. Both of those look really good. But those stats, they're pulled out of context. And that's just the truth of it. When you consider how he got to that production utilization, suddenly things don't look as good. I mean, he was seeing a route participation nearly high enough to be in the conversation as a weekly option at tight end through weeks one and four. It was just 68%. His target share, too, was way too low at 11%. Not good. But in week five, he saw 71% route participation. But that was because Tank Dell was out of the lineup for most of the game. Dell had a 17% target share in the games where he was healthy, and he played all the way through. Dell should only be out at max a week with his concussion, I think. And at that point, he's going to jump back in the lineup and he'll probably tank your Schultz stock. So I'm selling high on a player that had no value two weeks ago. Thanks to back-to-back -back performances with the score, he can be moved as a legit asset with value today. I don't think that his route participation or his target share is going to stay up once Tank Dell comes back. There's also tough matchups coming up these next few weeks. I'm moving off of Schultz before he just becomes another name on my bench and he's not going to have any value. He's only rostered in 44% of leagues. So, you know, in competitive leagues, 12-team, 14-team leagues, he's probably rostered. So in those situations, you could package him up and send him somewhere. Send him packing, okay? Um, right. 
10 team leagues is, might be on the waiver wire. Just letting you guys yes. know. Okay. We talked about this before the season that Tao Lockett has five straight seasons with eight plus touchdowns. The only player that can say that he's had two yeah. touchdowns this year, both coming against the Seahawks in week two against the Seahawks. He didn't play the Seahawks <laughs> against the uh, Lions in week yeah. two. Okay. Uh, uh, we know the type uh, of games Lockett can have, right? He's underperformed in the other three games that he's had. They're coming off the buy now. Uh, and yes, his matchups, you know, coming up aren't really like amazing ones, but it's never really mattered a whole lot for Lockett, right? He was kind of like matchup independent, right? In games that weren't great matchups, like he'll come through. Okay. So he's actually leading all wide receivers right now in end zone targets this year. And he had a bye week. All right. Not red zone targets, end zone targets. And he only has one end zone target that turned into a touchdown to show for it. So more touchdowns are coming for Lockett. Uh, also, according to Fantasy Life data, he's leading the Seahawks in target share. He's leading them in air yards. He's leading them in with 64% of the end zone targets, yet he's currently the wide receiver 48 on the year. Okay, so this isn't going to stick. This is a good opportunity to buy low right now. Yeah, uh, I think this is a good call. And this is the thing. The fact that his this is Tyler Lockett we're talking about is going to turn people off to it because like he's not one of those guys where you draft him and feel like it's a home run or you have him in your lineup. Starting him, it doesn't feel like a fantastic thing to do, but he's just been solid every single year, like you mentioned, for the past five years. And it's only week six. He's got plenty of time to make good on that eight-plus touchdown streak. I think it's going to happen, like you mentioned. The utilization has looked like the utilization that's got him him that streak of touchdowns you know per season so there's nothing wrong with tyler lockett here oddly enough like i'm still amazed this is just something that i noticed like that dk metcalf doesn't get more targets just more usage overall because he's just such a specimen but there's plenty of mouths to feed in this offense kenneth walker having a few good games also doesn't really help when he's running the touchdowns in at the goal line you know sometimes that would be tyler tyler lockett territory the thing about tyler lockett is in the red zone, when they're throwing to the end zone, he's one of the best off-script receivers in the league. You know, he's just going to find a spot in the defense to get open. And Geno Smith has taken advantage of that before. It hasn't happened these past couple of weeks, but like you mentioned, he'll get back to doing his thing. And I, I think that buying low, you can buy him really low right now because he's had terrible output, you know, these past couple of weeks. I got another buy. It's another wide receiver, but much younger than Tyler Lockett. It's Zay Flowers. Now, he has looked like Lamar Jackson's favorite target. Like, I know Mark Andrews is in this offense, but when you talk about wide receivers, like, we haven't seen this really from Lamar Jackson since Mark Andrews and him have been a tandem. You know what I mean? Zay Flowers is challenging for that title, if not already taken it. He has seen 24% target share in four out of five games. He has 30% target share over the entire season. That's top 12 in the NFL, you know, just among any wide receivers. And he, he hasn't been below 15% target share in a game this season. 30% air yard share in the season. These numbers are all fantastic. He's getting plenty of targets. He's getting plenty of opportunity, both close and far down the field. He looked really good. And the beauty of it, too, is he's not coming off the field at all. He has 100% route participation each of the past three weeks. You know how we talked about what would this wide receiver room look like coming into the season between Zay Flowers, Odo Beckham Jr., and Rashad Bateman. Like you and I, we were on it. We said Zay Flowers is going to be the guy because Rashad Bateman wasn't going to be 100% right. And Odo Beckham, he's just not that guy right now. And that's just what we've seen play out. It's Odell and Rashad Bateman fighting to be that number two. 
neither of them have come close to establishing establishing themselves like Zay Flowers has. I mean, it's to the point where Nelson Aguilar is coming in, but none of them are costing Zay Flowers time. So he's clearly the top guy in this offense. He's been relatively quiet. Despite that utilization that I just talked about, he has yet to have a top 12 fantasy week on the season. Better days are coming. Now, he's come close. He's had a wide receiver 15 week. You know, he's getting the targets that he needs. He dropped a couple last week. It was tough. You know, if you're a Zay Flowers manager, that had you upset. But the next three weeks, three straight matchups against opponents in the top 10 for fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. You got Tennessee, who are allowing the seventh most, Arizona, the eighth, and Detroit, the 10th, these next three weeks. Very good matchups. I, I think that Zay Flowers, he's going to have his first handful of top 12 finishes coming up at least one of these games in the next three weeks. I'm 100% on board with you. I, this is one of my favorite buys as well. I'm glad you brought it up <clears throat> as we were you know, planning for this for the show. I mean, I totally agree, man. All the peripherals are there. We know that he's a very talented receiver. So I'm with you, man. He was my number two wide receiver behind JSN coming into the NFL. He's he's commanding right. the targets. He had a drop pass last week that you know could have had a bigger play. He had drop touchdowns, like you know long touchdowns. Like there are, there is a there are a lot of things that could have happened over the first five weeks that would make the um, the view, I guess, on Zay Flowers completely different, right? And he could yeah, have came that's... through on the perception. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Zach. Um, <laughs> the view, the view on Zay Flower, the perspective, yes. the perspective. I love it. Um, that's why I keep you around. And also keep you around for it takes like this, where Zay Flowers is definitely a screaming bye. That's going to do it for this episode, guys. Really appreciate you listening and spending time with us. If you haven't subscribed or followed this podcast on your podcast app, please do so now. It would mean the world to us. Hope this episode helped. And I'll be back tomorrow to go over our quarterback and running back rankings going into week six. And Zach and I will be back together just like today on Friday for wide receivers and tight ends. See you guys then. Take it easy. Bye-bye.